is up tonight? Oh, you know, just, we've, we've had a day. You've had a week. Oh. Yeah. Do <laughs> you guys want to hear about her week? Um, let's see. Where should I start? Uh, Monday, I had to deal with middle school bullies, stupid stuff. Boo. Um, which, we'll put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> and then I went to a client's house to clean, and I went to open their gate, and the whole privacy fence started to fall on me. And I had to call my boss, and I'm like, sir, we have a problem here. And, um... Sent him a little video, and he's like, holy crap. So I had nothing I could do but set it down on the ground. So I took out a privacy fence. I texted my husband, and his reply was, Hulk smash. <laughs> Great reply, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, my partner in crime replied with, were you on the fence? <laughs> were you on the fence about going in there? <laughs> good one, good one, good one. Had a little drum set thought. Um, but the topper was this morning. So I, uh, my daughter did gymnastics drop-in last night, so I'm like, cool, dropped her off, had a little bit of me time, because the husband's out of town, came back here, worked on some podcast stuff, and then um, picked her up, she asked if she could, we could get McDonald's on the way home, so I'm like, sure, no problem. Um, she got an ice cream and a small fry, you can put it together, oh yeah. Good and, combo. I agree. And then got a little ice cream cup for the dog. I ordered a Coke. Of course, they gave me ranch dressing. And I said I asked for a large Coke. And they're like, oh, okay. So they gave me the Coke. I don't even know what the ranch dressing was for. So I'm like, no biggie. We it was for home. this moment coming up. <laughs> and i cleaning everything out of the car. I put some stuff in my pocket. No big deal. Yes, I had jammy pants on because... I did not get out of the car from my house to picking her up. She just came out. So I had, you know, my plaid pants on and my boots and went out the door. Come home. Uh, my daughter is obsessed with the Bieber right now. Lord help me, she did not get that from her mama. But <laughs> she wanted to watch the Bieber concert again. I said, I'm out. I'm going to my room. So I continued to watch Maids, which is really good. And then I started to fall asleep. Turned off my light, went to sleep. This morning I got up. Um, my daughter said something. I'm half asleep. I'm like, whatever, mumble, mumble. I go back in my room to lay down. All of a sudden, I'm like, what? My hand's all gooey. Like, I roll over. It's on my butt. It's on my sheets. I fell asleep with the ranch dip sauce packet in my pocket and slept on it all night. And they popped. And it is on my sheets, my blanket, my comforter, my pants. I'm like... Oh my God, my life. What is it? So that started <laughs> off my morning. I got up and changed my pants, changed my sheets. When I tell you that that made my day, like I, Lo told me that earlier when I got here. And that, that just, that story made me, day, made my day. Just put a big smile on my face. Because <laughs> like, yeah, what the heck? Because <laughs> you had some uh, stuff happen before you got here. Yeah, I was, like, leaving my house to come over here, and I had a wine bottle on top of the fridge that I was going to bring over. I didn't know if we were, like, just to bring over, regardless of when we would drink it. And it was, like, a pineapple one. I was so excited to try it. And I opened the fridge, and our, like, door handle has been getting stuck lately. 
So I yanked it, and the wine bottle fell from off at the top of the fridge and shattered all over the floor, and, like, just all the wine went everywhere and, like, underneath the fridge. So, like, I had to move the fridge. I had to, like, sweep. I had to, like, wipe it up. And as I'm, like, mopping backwards, my foot, like, steps in this slosh, and I'm like, what did I just step in? And it was dog puke. My dog puked, and I stepped in it. Okay, that's number two. And then, after I was done, like, cleaning the floor up, I took the broom outside to, like, I didn't know if it had, like, little pieces of glass in it, so I was just, like, hitting it on the outside of, like, the house just to, like, just the brush part, okay? I wasn't, like, hitting the pole. I'm not that stupid. But the brush decides, the whole broom, I'm sorry, decides to break in half. So then that was just happened so yeah I don't know what the heck this day has been for both of us but <laughs> we're just both messes and I kind of low-key love it because it's hilarious <laughs> yeah she texted me and she's like wait till you hear my hour I was like I got you beat <laughs> what did you say why is our life so messy yeah I said something like that like why are we such a mess <laughs> and this is why she's the peanut butter on my whiskey yep facts <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, but before we get started, I do want to say, hi, best friend, Max Shepard. Yes, hello. One day he's going to hear it. People, tag him, let him know. <laughs> let him know that we shout him out every episode. Um, so, in case you guys missed it, um, on a more serious note, I do want to say I put out a solo episode, bonus episode, yesterday. Um, my daughter has been going through a bully problem at school. And it's the same girl, and it's been going on for two years. And um, last Thursday, she texted me some stuff, and I actually just fell into a puddle at work and started crying. And I just, you know, like, enough is a fucking enough with this girl, right? Yeah. So I just needed kind of like a, a venting moment just mm-hmm. to get it all out in case somebody has the same issues or advice or just... It was just kind of like a soundboard, and I just wanted to share it with you guys, so that's what I did yesterday. Yes, go listen. I think that's really important, because I'm sure so many people can relate to that, whether they were, like, bullied themselves or, like, have children who go through that. So I I think it's awesome that you did, you know, a little bonus episode kind of talking through it. Um, And then also, which is kind of weird today, my poor daughter is supposed to have a sleepover which I was super excited for because she needed it after the week she's had and <laughs> the girl's been saying she's on her way for like three and a half hours yeah I'm like does she live in a different country I don't know it's kind of weird I've never met her I know all you Dateline listeners I get it um they've talked they've sent videos to each other so it's a legit girl but this is the second time she says I'm on my way and then doesn't show up or something weird happens. She never makes it to her house. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, is she screwing with my daughter? Is this kind of, like, yeah, for fun? Like, and I don't understand why the mom or dad who's driving her over didn't call and say, hey, let me talk to your mom. Because they just keep saying they're lost, they're lost, they're lost. And they're coming from Rochester Hills, like, Orient area to Waterford, and it's only, like, a 20-minute drive. So I don't understand and like the complication. Your address is, brings you right to your address. Like, it doesn't roundabout you anywhere else. Because I've plugged it in before. And, yeah, yeah, so it's just a little... So my daughter's out there feeling a little blue. And I feel terrible. But we're going to 
do our show tonight, and then me and Kay will go put a movie on and yes. cheer her back up. Yes, definitely. So, um, speaking of movies, we, as in me and my husband, um, we showed Crystal Whole Nine Yards last week yes first time seeing it i liked it it is a funny movie it's yeah. a good little classic 90 movie if you've never seen it it's matthew perry bruce willis natasha henstring can't help you i don't know i feel like i'm saying the name wrong but that's what it is and um amanda pete and it's a mob comedy i guess it's considered a dark comedy but it's like a funny mob movie. yeah um, so, that was my movie update for this week. Yes. Yesterday, uh, it was my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Father K. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday. He wanted to go to the movies, um, and we saw the new movie called Antlers. Uh, kind of effed up. <laughs> it's just very weird. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I would recommend seeing it just because it's kind of like crazy and all over the place like there's like a meth lab situation there's like these weird beasts involved there's like men like they're turning into bees i'm not trying to give away like a lot but it's very weird um and like psychological just psychologically weird so yeah check that out because it's uh it's an interesting one <laughs> speaking of movies also we are going to talk about Poltergeist today. Yes. One of my favorite kid horror movies. I say kid. It's really not a kid's movie, but I watched it as a kid, so I kind of think of it that way. Yeah. I showed it to my daughter when she was like six. I don't know why I considered it a kid's movie. It's not. I feel it's like not. it could be, though, because... It's dark at sometimes. I mean, because I watched it as a kid, too, so I'm like, does everyone just watch it as a kid, you know? You can't go by me, though. I mean, I showed my kid Chucky at age seven. That's you know, true. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> She's experiencing more. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for this episode, we are drinking some Oliver apple pie wine, and it's it's good. It's like, if you hear us talk about the PB&J wine last week, we're like, oh, this tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. This one has, like, a hint of apple pie in it, but it's not, like, you know, straight-up apple pie tasting. But I still like it. It's still really good. I'd compare it to, like, a Resling, but sweeter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely. So, without further ado, let's uh, dig into the other side, shall we? Yeah. And let's hope to God that I don't have exorcist in Animeville horror situations after talking about this in my house. I want to sage it right after the word done with the Yeah, story. that's like the, um, I see these comments on TikTok videos all the time where there's like, where they're like kind of dark videos. I'm going to say, I claim no negative energy from this movie or from this podcast. <laughs> yes, oh, I do have to say one more thing. Sorry, before we start. And I forgot to tell you this. Also, my cousin texted me, um, like, a few days ago, and she goes, your podcast scares the shit out of me. It'll turn on randomly on my phone, and I'll just hear people talking about, like, scary, weird things, and I don't know what's happening, and then I'll figure out that it's coming from my phone, and then it'll be your <laughs> podcast. She's like, it's happened, like, a few times, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, if she would listen willingly, we wouldn't be forcing it out <laughs> I know! I don't know how that's happening, but I apologize. <laughs> We're gonna make you listen one way or yeah, another. Exactly. It's either on you, or... 
your choice or our choice? That's the way, reminder to listen. You're going to hear it, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you, but I had to had to put that in there. All right. So, Poltergeist. It has terrified audience for 39 years. Yeah, 1982. So, sounds about right. I'm just doing some fast math of my age. <laughs> Not just for on screen, but the evil spirits haunting the Freelings family's n- new home, suburban home, but also for the odd, airy events that notoriously took place off screen as well. Now, just for reference, if you guys aren't exactly sure about the movie Poltergeist, it's a ghost or spirit that is responsible for a physical disturbance such as loud noises, objects being moved and destroyed. Most claims about the fictional descriptions of poltergeists, but they also show them as capable of pinching, biting, hitting, tripping people, all the scary stuff. Yeah, I actually learned what a poltergeist was just from this movie because I didn't really understand it. Um, But it's so crazy that, like, people actually experience these things like being physically disturbed by something not just like seeing something walking around but like actually physical movement but yeah i was exciting excited to be like doing this um for this week's episode um not only because it's obviously just such an iconic classic but also because it was just an excuse to watch all the poltergeist movies (laughs) um there are three movies not including, like, the remake one. Um, actually, no, I think there's four we found out, right? Yeah, there might even be more. I'm not sure. I want to say, before you get, keep going, though, I did not see the remake. I probably will. Yeah. But I just, I'm such a stubborn little brat when it comes to remakes <laughs> that it takes me a second. Because <laughs> I like the originals. And yeah, like, you're like, yeah. they're going to ruin it. <laughs> I did see the remake, um... And it was a while ago is when it first came out. I don't even remember what year. It was like either six, 16 or 2018 or something like that. Um, so I don't fully remember it, but I know that I did see it. Um, so that's not really helpful in telling you if it was good or not, but can't really remember. Clearly it didn't make much of an impression on me. But we did the three originals with the original cast members. Yes. So that's yeah. what we're going for tonight. Exactly. The first time I watched the original movie, um, I I think I would say I was like 11 or 12, um, and I definitely remember it, you know, freaking me the the fuck out. Definitely not as scary to me watching it back this time, but it still definitely have its moments uh, for me, aka, you know, the clown, the tree, the face peeling off, all of that good stuff. You never forget that clown in the rocking chair, and then it's like under the bed. Yes! When it, like, leaps on top of him. Ugh. And then the tree eats you. Like, oh, my God. I was... No wonder why I was scared of thunderstorms when I was little. But that tree... I will never have a tree that close to my house. It's horrifying. Um. So, yeah, we'll kind of go through debrief our thoughts on the movie, give some fun fact, behind-the-scenes stuff, um, and just kind of talk about our favorite parts as well. Um, but we, of course, have to start out with the OG poltergeist. Um... So Poltergeist is a 1982 American supernatural horror film directed by Toby Hooper and developed and written by the genius that is Steven Spielberg. 
The film focuses on a suburban family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that, um, I guess you would say, like, abduct their daughter. In a way, abduct, I guess. <laughs> Sucked her right through that TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which is funny, because when me and you both rewatched it, we are just like, laughing like about the national anthem playing at the end mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't remember that being a thing but you said your dad said it was yeah yeah my dad when i watched it the first time years ago um i was like why is the tv doing that in the movie like i don't understand and my dad's like well they used to do that like on everywhere like everyone's tv would just shut off at like 2 something a.m like two thirty-six a.m or something like that they would play the <laughs> national anthem <laughs> right and so I was like, what? That's so weird. TV just didn't continually play, but, um, yeah, I'm a 90s baby, so I didn't, yeah, I'm an 80s didn't know that. I don't remember that, but yeah. at two, I wasn't... Right, paying that close of attention. So, Spielberg originally created Poltergeist as a horror sequel to his 1977 film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, titled Night Skies. However, Hooper was less interested in the sci-fi elements and suggested they collaborate on a ghost story. Now, the accounts differ as to the level of Spielberg's involvement, but it is clear that he was frequently on set during filming and a significant creative control that he had. So, for that reason, some people have said that Spielberg should be considered the film's co-director or even a main director, although both Spielberg and Hooper have disputed this in the past. Who is the true director? <laughs> and they're both huge. So <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, released on June 4th, 1982, that was two, Aww. Poltergeist was a major critical commercial success, becoming the eighth highest grossing film of 1982. In years since its release, the film has been recognized as a horror classic and was nominated for three Academy Awards. Holy crap. Right? I did not know that. They did well. <laughs> the main cast members in this cult classic were Joe Beth Williams, which I was just saying, like, she, to me, was, like, the perfect little 80s mom. Like So cute. Her hair, like, just going back and looking at everything. And she just, I don't know, on the scenes, she's only in the first two. But the first one, especially the first one and the second one, she just has this, like, natural little mothering, I don't know, I mean, except for the parts where they're getting stoned in the bedroom and she's laughing. But even then, she was just, like, so cute with her husband. I don't know. I just really loved her in those movies. Yeah, she was so cute. As So she played the mother, Diane, Craig T. Nelson, coach, <laughs> yeah. as everybody may know. Um, he was the father. Steve Freeling, Dominique Dunn as the oldest daughter, Dana, Oliver Robbins as son, Robbie, and little Heather O'Rourke was the adorable Carol Ann. Now, of course, along with a lot of other stellar actors and actresses that appeared in the film as well. So the original Poltergeist focuses on the Freeling family who live in Custa Verdu? Verde. I think, like, yeah, like, Cuesta Verde, something. Okay. I don't guess. I don't know. <laughs> California, um, which is a planned community. Stephen is a successful real estate developer 
and Diane looks after their three children, 16-year-old Dana, 8-year-old Robbie, and 5-year-old Caroline. Yeah, literally, I have to say, because you were talking about um, Diane, Joe Beth, whatever, um, am I freaking weird? Or, like, in the first movie specifically, not the second movie, very different, I've, like, found the dad, Steven, like, kind of hot. <laughs> Is it just me? When he's in the mirror going, 32, 22, 32. That's what sold it for me, no. We've all done it, come on. Mine's more like before kids, before kids, after Mine's like before pizza, after pizza. Um, no, I get it. I think it's... I wouldn't... I think he's got the sexy vibe to him because uh, now we're seeing him as adult and a, to an adult, not as a little kid. Oh, actually. yeah. But just the fact that they were just, you know, they're smoking a joint, they're having a good time, they're being silly, they're, he's, you know, going to work, he's being a good dad, he's all the adult things. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that was kind of part of it. Although in part two, I wasn't digging the mullet. Yeah, that's why I said very different. Like, <laughs> I didn't like him in part in the second movie. Well, the second one, he was clearly stressed out. Yeah, he was kind of an asshole the whole time. But the first movie, I was feeling him. I don't know. Um, and, of course, the little kids, Robbie and Carolyn, were so, so flipping cute. Oh, my God, Carolyn was adorable. Right, her little voice. Even Robbie was so cute, and he would, like, be so scared. So, uh, yeah, so basically it starts, she's, like, drawn to this TV. And then, what, Dad's, like wakes up and hears her talking yeah i think they all wake up and like come down because they like hear her talking to the tv she's like what i can't hear you yeah if that was my kid i'd be a little freaked out but i think they were kind of like which i get too they kind of brushed it off like you know maybe she just was like half asleep or whatever or not kids they have imaginary friends yeah 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 exactly but yeah, that, sh- that was their first warning that something uh, something weird was going on. At 2.37. Huh, is that why your dad said at 2.36? Oh, I put, I put 2.37 because that was what was my memory. I didn't even look it up, so I could okay. be totally wrong. But I believe it was 2.30 something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, super weird um, that that was a thing. And just weird to think about it. So the National Anthem's playing, and whenever you hear it, I do kind of think of that movie a little bit. When I hear it like that, not just an anthem. Right, like instrumental-wise, When it's like on, like, TV, like, it's got to be certain, but never mind. I get, no, I get what you mean. I get It's coming out all wrong. (laughs) If you've seen the movie, you get what she means. Um, so now they're all, like, kind of looking at her, like, you know, how weird, like, you know, okay, let's just get everybody back to bed, and now it's, uh... So everybody goes back to bed, and is it the next day? Yeah, it's like the next night. It kind of happens again, but, like, differently. That's, like, when the storm happens. So that's when they're, like, the parents, Stephen and Diane, are, like, smoking a joint in the room. And the kids, Robbie and Carol Ann, the oldest daughter, Dana, she doesn't really have much of a role in the movie. I do like the beginning when she's, like, flipping off. She yeah. She does a little dance and, like, flips <laughs> off the construction guys. Best part for her in the movie. I for her character. It. And then, like, cut the scene and, like, their birds die. <laughs> yeah. And she's like... <gasps> so they give it a memorial. They put it in a box. And I love it because it's so my daughter. They get it buried all nice and neat. And she's like, 
Can we get a goldfish now? Yeah. And I'm like, that's so my child. <laughs> She's like, all right, on to the next. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's like when the storm happens and Robbie's kind of freaking out. Caroline's just kind of like staring off in the distance. I don't know if she's, like, thinking about stuff or, like, if ghosts are whispering to her. But Robbie's looking at that creepy clown in the rocking chair. He's just staring at it. I, he does this thing every night where he, like, throws his jacket over the clown. Which, um, why do they have the clown in there if it scares them so much? Yeah, like, put it in the closet. Or, like, get, get rid, rid of, of it. it. Yeah, even more so get <laughs> rid of it. Clearly he does not like this clown. Yeah, and it's just, like, facing him in the rocking chair like he's torturing himself. <laughs> And I always wondered, too, like, he never wakes his sister up, or I think she was even still awake. Like, me, if I would have shared a room with my sister, I'd be like, it would have been more of like, no, you do it. No, you do it. Will you do it? Please. And they were like, none of it. He just, like... A hundred percent. I'd be like... And did it. <laughs> if I was in a room with my sister... Me and my sister, I still live with my sister, and if we hear something, we text each other. We're like, bitch, did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> and then we're like, okay, let's both get up. And then we'll literally get up and, like, meet in the hallway and, like, congregate of how we're going to proceed. <laughs> Crystal's got her broken broomstick. <laughs> oh, my God. It's okay, guys. I'm a mess, but I own it. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even, like, ask her, like, to help him or, like, say anything to her. He just kind of, like, sits there in fear, like, staring at the tree and the storm. Um, but, yeah, they end up going in the room, and then I think that's when he's, like, explaining to him about the lightning and thunder when you count. Didn't you say that that's where you learned it? Yeah, it's like, when you're, like, you wait for the lightning, and then you go one, one thousand, two, one thousand. And for every thousand you say it's supposed to be that's how many miles away it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which I never really even thought about that until, like, watching it this time. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, get the rainbow. <laughs> but yeah, so then that's, that's the night they go in their room. They're all sleeping, and then the TV does that thing again, and Carol Ann pops up out of their bed, goes to their TV, and is talking to it again. And But this time, like, a ghostly... Uh, I don't know, figure, I guess you could call it, starts coming out of the TV um, and, like, going around the whole room and then goes, like, kind of into the wall behind their bed and it starts, like, shaking their house as if, like, they're having an earthquake. So, like, they wake up and obviously think that an earthquake just happened, which they live in California, so it's, like, understandable why they would think that. Yeah, so they wake up, um, they, you know, he's talking to his boss, like, did you hear Man, no, you didn't feel it. It was, you know, definitely a four-pointer, you know, whatever. I don't know how to judge the numbers. Yeah. But, like, so they literally thought it was just an earthquake. And, you know, he's off to work. And uh, teenager's off to school. Mom's home giving breakfast to the little ones. I don't know if Carol Ann wasn't in school yet because Robbie left. And, Maybe she wasn't. And uh, so she's straightening up the kitchen from breakfast and Diane's in there and next thing she knows she looks over again and all the chairs are like spread out from the table and she's like what the you know so then a few minutes later Carol Ann walks in you know and you have your first jump scare and uh next thing you know she turns around again and they're all stacked on top of each other on top of the kitchen table yeah and she looks over and she's like TV people? TV people. Uh 
I love how that, like, clicked for her. She's like, oh. She, like, connected the dots in that moment. She's like, okay, yeah, something pretty freaking weird is happening right now. Well, I mean, clearly Carol Ann didn't do it. Right, yeah, exactly. That'd be really, that'd be more impressive if Carol Ann did that. Um, So, you know, she's sitting here thinking, like, she was excited, actually. That's what I was going to say. Like, she seems, like, so excited about it and, like, happy. Like, when she calls Steven to, like, in the kitchen to, like, look, she's, like, giddy about it. And I'm, like, I would be crying and, like, let's leave because this is scaring the hell out of me. She thinks it's cool when, like, the kitchen chairs are going across the kitchen floor. Mm -hmm. And then she puts her daughter and her daughter goes across and she's, like, mom, like, stop. Yeah. Um, So I think she's, you know, this phenomena or whatever is going on, she takes it as harmless and that they're just funny and fun and you know which is still so weird to me because like but i don't think she thinks i mean maybe tv people but i think part of her thinks too maybe just a weird glitch in electricity okay maybe yeah or maybe she thinks it's like casper the friendly ghost not like these evil demonic things but it does start to get a little bit more sinister yeah (laughs) um that night they have another severe thunderstorm and you know the kids try to come back in the room and they're like nope Dad wants to get some. Mom's uh, yep. <laughs> taking you back in there, you know. I, th- I think that was the night that they were getting stoned. Oh, okay. So that was that night. I okay. Think. I don't know. Well, anyway. So uh, they hear a large crash, and they take off running down the hall to, you know, check on the kids as they hear screaming, you know. And uh, they open the door, and their daughter, or excuse me, their son is being carried away by a tree limb through the bedroom window by a tree. Yeah. So they rush outside, and they're trying to save him. Now, Carol Ann is left inside by herself on her bed, which, even watching this as a kid, but even more as an adult, me and Kay looked at each other like, huh? Like, yeah. really? Like, just going to leave her there? Okay. But also the older daughter was in the house. Right. So maybe they thought, like, you know. And at the same time, your son just got taken, taken by, by the tree. Yeah. So He's got, probably main priority in that moment. So I kind of get that, too. Right. Um, so they run outside, and Dad's fighting with them, and Robbie's going more and more. It's eating me. It's eating me. Literally, like, he's getting, he's like, like, swallowed by, by this tree. tree. Yeah. And the Dad's slipping and sliding because it's muddy, and it's wet, and it's windy, and you know, the daughter runs outside, like, what's going on? You yeah. Know? And then it was kind of a cheesy moment in my mind, but everything stops. And she's like, the older daughter's like, look, it was a tornado. Like, <laughs> like it was a little bit more than a tornado. Right, like. yeah. <laughs> so they ask her, you know, where's Carol Ann? She's like, oh, I left her inside. They run into the house, and the bedroom is just... Well, let's just say every single thing is in the closet. And during that time, um, it's sucking her in. And poor Carol Ann's holding onto her bed frame. That was so sad because and, she's, and, like, screaming. And it's, like, she's holding on for dear life. And this, like, portal in her closet is just trying to, like, suck her right in. Which, again, the sister was in the house. So I don't know how she missed that. Yeah. Movies. I guess it would be distracting everything going on at that moment. So I guess maybe she was just distracted by the tree eating her brother. But, like... Still, hearing her scream, you would Sorry, think. Sorry, we pick movies about, apart with details. <laughs> um, so they run in. They're running all over the house. They cannot find her. 
Um, and then little brother does. So he starts freaking out like in front of the TV. She's saying like, mom, I can't see you. Where are you? Where are you on the TV? He's all he can say is Carol Ann, Carol Ann, Carol yeah. Ann, screaming. Um, he's probably like stunned because he's like, why do I hear her voice in the TV? <laughs> yeah. And also he almost got eaten by a tree. So <laughs> probably a little shocking night for him. And they're all like just in slime and blood and mud. And yeah. And gross. And... Yeah. So they like hear her through the TV and are kind of just like, what the F is going on? Um, I think like a couple of days, maybe one day, possibly two go by with things at this point are just like flying around the house. Like they're just like in the air. Things are moving, shifting on their own. Like, and like Carol Ann's just communicating with them through the TV. Um, so Stephen and Diane are like, okay, well, we got to do something about this. Uh, so they bring in this psychologist um, named Dr. Martha Lesh into their home. And she, like, brings two team members to, like, investigate the house and, like, the whole situation just to kind of, like, figure out if it's a poltergeist intrusion. Um, and we do obviously end up ruling it in that. Um, and they figure out that it, like, involves multiple ghosts, like, inside of their home. But it's kind of funny at one point, like, the portal, they're, like, investigating, going through the house and everything. And all of a sudden, like, this cloud appears on the ceiling. And then just, like, pieces of jewelry and, like, watches fall through this hole. And, like, it's none of theirs. Like, it's not any of, like, the Freeling's jewelry. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, but how much is it worth? Yeah, exactly. Can I pull on that? Is that up for grabs now? <laughs> uh, can we say, though, um, while they're fixing it, the worst scene for me that steak oh yeah yeah i felt horrible for what's his name yeah marty he definitely endured the most during uh that investigation yeah and we both kind of looked at each so like marty was one of her investigators that she brought um and he like went in the kitchen to get a snack and me and lo kind of looked at each other like what because like he grabbed like a raw steak and just like sat on the counter like who just takes a steak from somebody's fridge that, like, isn't yours just for, like, a snack. The first day of being there. He's eating, like, a piece of chicken in his mouth, like... Yeah. And, uh, but the steak ends up, um, having, like... Mo- it starts moving, and it has, like, maggots, and, like, it was, like, a little bird or a little something came out of it. Yeah, I don't even it's know what it was. It started just, like, ex- Bloating and it was just like maggots everywhere. Even like the piece that was in his mouth dropped out, and then like there were maggots on that. So yeah, it shows like he immediately turns around and gets sick, and then he looks in the mirror, and he's like picking his face off. Yeah, like he looks dead, and his skin is—he's just like ripping his skin off, which is like that part was making me a little bit queasy. That whole scene between the steak and the skin ripping off—that just like made me real queasy. Yeah, the next scene, they're like, um, so Marty went homesick. He won't be there. Yeah, <laughs> Marty, um, Marty's gonna get some therapy, probably. <laughs> He's not coming back. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, they didn't even need to do much, uh, much explaining for that. Um, but, yeah, so when they're there investigating, 
they learn, um, or like Steven's out with his boss looking at different properties and he finds out that his boss named Mr. Teague, um, he finds out that the Cuesta Verde development that they live on was built on a former cemetery and the graves were moved to a nearby location. So basically the spirits underneath their house are pissed, <laughs> pissed that their graves got moved. And it kind of like just effed up, uh, however they cross over into the other side or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the next day, uh, Robbie, Dana, and the dog, they kind of just get sent to go stay with, um, Diane's mom while Dr. Lesh calls in, uh, this woman named Tangina Barons, who's like a spiritual medium, which I love this lady. Can I just say she's like probably one of my favorite characters in this movie. She's such a queen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tangina determines that the spirits are like lingering in a different sphere of consciousness, as she calls it. And they're not at rest. I guess they're like attracted to Carol Ann's life force. And that's why they wanted to take her in. And Tangina also detects like there's this dark presence that she calls the beast who is restraining Carol Ann and manipulating her life force just in order to like prevent the other spirits from crossing over to the, the other side or like into the light, I guess is what they would call it. Um, but yeah, this lady's such a boss. I love how like in one part, Steven's kind of like being like, okay, this lady, is this lady for real? Like, I don't even believe this. And then she's upstairs and she like comes out and literally like repeats what he says just to be like, huh. You want to keep talking, sir? You want to keep talking? Because I'm the real deal. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's little, but feisty, man. Don't cross her. Seriously. You even see it in the second one. Or, no, I'm sorry, the third one. But she's, like, repeating everything they were saying about her. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, hi, I'm the weird psychic. Right. <laughs> yeah, she, like didn't like care uh if she called people out on their bs she's like yeah i'm real and i know what you're thinking right now <laughs> so yeah um tangina is there and they kind of figure out that the entrance to the other dimension is in the children's bedroom closet kind of like where the portal was that sucked in carol ann um, and then it exits through the living room ceiling where, like, we kind of had said before where those pieces of jewelry fell out. So it's kind of, like, connected through those two points for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I would nail that closet door shut. Yeah. Say, I would just move after that and then not even, like, ever think about going back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they get um, Diane, who's, like, secured by this rope. Um, she decides to, like, pass through the portal, kind of guided by another rope to, like, guide her through both so they can, like, pull her through it once she finds Carol Ann in this, like, other dimension. Um, but, yeah, she goes into this portal and, like, ultimately she gets Carol Ann and they drop through the ceiling to, like, the living room floor after, like, an intense scene of just, like, wind and like shouting and like goo and like so many things happening at once <laughs> i want to just back up just a quick second though but i, I love how in this part where she's like 
the mom's trying to trying to put the rope around her waist, and she's like. What are you doing? You need to stay here, you know. And she's like, "You've never done this before." And she's like, "Neither have you." <laughs> and she's like, "You go." Yeah. She's like, "You know what? You are right." <laughs> I thought that was very really, really funny. Yeah. And like, like, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, have fun. Yeah. You're like, well, if you insist, you know, you can go ahead. <laughs> uh, that was a fun moment for me. Yeah. So. The family decide to move out of the house after they shower off and get all the exorcist placenta off of them. Yeah, I actually, because we were talking about it, like, the goo on them, and so I googled it afterwards to be like, what was that goo all over him? I guess it was ectoplasm, and, like, ectoplasm is, like, a supernatural vicious substance that's supposed to, like, exude from the body, like, during spiritualistic trances and stuff like that. So I guess it just, like, in simpler terms, I would just call it goo ghost. Or ghost goo, whatever. I don't know. I'm sticking up placenta. Yeah. <laughs> placenta works, too. So the family decided to move out of the house, and um, they totally agree on their decision. Um, the last night there, Stephen leaves to go to a meeting for work, and Dana goes on a date. Just, uh, so Caroline, Robbie, and Diane, they're at the house, they're packing, moving, loading the truck, and what do you know, but the portal opens back up in the closet again, and, uh, before escaping the portal, Diane ends up in the pool that's being built in their backyard, where a ton of skeletons pop up, and from underneath the ground, and, uh, Talk about a heart attack there, man. Pan attacks. This is yeah. This is not what I need right now. No, wouldn't uh, wouldn't like that. Popping up randomly, skeletons. They start just popping up like left and right all over the freaking place. Okay. And I get that. Um, Tangi, she said that you know her line. This house is clean. Mm-hmm. But even after that, I would not feel comfortable. Knowing everything just happened. Stay there. The kids are in the room playing. She's dyeing her hair, taking a hot bath. Like, half the house is still even um, packed up yet. They're supposed to be leaving the next day. Yeah. And uh, she goes in her room, and next thing you know, she's rolling around on her ceiling. Mm -hmm. She's stuck. The Robbie, I don't know. Oh, he got sucked under the bed from the clown. Yeah, that's when, like, the clown leaps on top of him, and, and then, like, the... you know, Carol Ann's just like, oh, shit. Not again. But she says it in a more, like, cute way, though. She's like, no more. Like, please. I can't. She's like, please, God. If yeah. you exist, please don't let this happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everything's kind of, you know, round two, bitches, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, dad's not home. Um, so she managed to get the kids out of the bedroom, though. Um, go mom. Yeah. And by that time, I think Steven just pulls up and he's like, the hell again? Like, no. like uh. Right. So the end of it, I, it kind of reminded me of almost like the end of an Annabelle horror movie a little bit. Just kind of like... Driving you away. You know, trying to get in the car, get the dog. Um... The older daughter comes home, and she's just, like, screaming, what is going on? What's going 
going on, like, what's happening, what's happening. Finally, you know, the little brother was like, shut the hell up and get in the car, will you? Yeah, like, just jump in, oh please. Oh, God, you know. The neighbors, um, a little bit before that, though, they finally come over, and she's begging to help to save her babies, and they're just like, you know, not to... You got this. Yeah. Mostly the wife. I can tell. You got this. The husband was, like, thinking about it, like, going to help her at least a little bit, but, like, the wife was like, no, you're not going. I'm not letting you go. And I'm like, there's little children who need saving, and you're just going to be, like, assholes and not go and save them? (laughs) So, yeah. So they do finally get in the car, and they leave. Um, So if this family wasn't mentally, like, screwed up after this, then... uh, I don't know, like, but they move, and they go to get a room, and I like how at the end of the first one, the dad's like, nope, not even trying, and he throws the TV yeah, out. Yeah, throws the out TV the out. <laughs> um, so, then in 1986, Poltergeist 2 comes out, um, the other side was released, and... It kept the same family, the Freeling, but introduced uh, a new motive for the beast's behavior. Um, it's trying to find Caroline again, but uh, it's it's they're tying him to like this evil cult leader named Henry Kane, who led this religious sect to their dome in the 1820s. As the beast Kane went through extraordinary lengths to keep his flock under control, even in death. Uh, the original motive of the cemetery souls disturbed by the housing development, it was altered by this, I don't know, the cemetery was now explained to be built above a cave um, where Cain and his flock met their ends. But it also reveals that the women of the family are actually psychics. So there's a little bit of a plot twist there. Yeah, that movie... We kind of somewhat compared it to when we did The Exorcist, like, Exorcist 2. It definitely, Poltergeist 2 was definitely not as good as the original at all. Um, but that we for sure had to watch it. Um, and it was just interesting because the first one it's like, oh, well, it's because the house was built on the cemetery. And now it's like, okay, well, now this guy's spirit, Kane, is following... Um, following them because they just want to like cross over to the other side and he wants to like steal um carol ann's soul and all this stuff but he was so creepy the cane guy he was like this old guy with this creepy smile and he also like transformed into like slugs and stuff too it was like so gross to me it was very gross um there's the scene where the dad is He's been drinking, you know, a lot through the movie, but he's drinking his tequila, and he drinks the worm, and you can see a little face on the worm, like, even before he drinks it, and then it kind of, like, um, turns him into this mean, aggressive spirit, and he gets kind of nasty with, uh, Beth, and, uh, you know, finally he goes to throw it up, and this slug is, like, it's so big and gross, and you're kind of gagging along like as you... I was. ...watching it, and I'm just like, oh my god. I was like, ugh. So, that was kind of a gross moment. Um, overall, I'd say the second one was... I mean, it was decent-ish. 
yeah. more cheesier. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't horrible. Definitely better than Exorcist 2. Yeah. Um, like I said, <laughs> That's the one guy sure. was kind of creepy. Sister's not in it at all. Yeah, they didn't mention her either. Because yeah. I, I had asked Lo today, because we watched the second one separately. I was like, did they say where she went? Because, like, I don't know if I missed it. I was like, did she go to college? Or, like, what happened? Because, like, they didn't even mention her, and she yeah, wasn't in it at all. Psych ward. Yeah, probably. That's where I'd be if I was her. The third one we watched today, um... And it was, well, in order, my least favorite. Um, it She goes to live with her aunt and uncle, which the uncle seems like he's cool, loving uncle. Um, the aunt seems like she's nice enough, you know. Um, yeah, like she gets near the end, you, she's just kind of like, oh, can we just get rid of her and move out, you know. Um, this older cousin you know she's again you can see she she's trying she's you know she's sweet to Carolyn, um but you can definitely tell there's some struggles with yeah Caroline still obviously it's happening again number three right she goes to the school and she has this teacher um he's like a psychiatrist psychiatrist psychologist whatever at her school he's a dick yeah i we hate him because He's just playing off what's been happening to Carol Ann as, like, her manipulating people in some type of way to, like, see these visions of crazy things happening. Um, I don't know. Definitely don't like him. But, yeah, in this one, Kane follows her there and uses, like, they live in a Chicago skyscraper. Um, and the skyscraper is owned by her aunt um, and uncle. And there's, like, a million mirrors in this um in this like skyscraper condo thing and so Kane the guy from the second movie the demon guy he follows her there and like uses the building's mirrors as like portals onto the plane to like take Carol Ann he also uses water too like swimming pools and puddles um yeah this one was the thing that bugged me the most about this one was obviously her psychologist guy but then also her aunt like turned on her like her aunt was her mom's sister and then she married this guy and he had the daughter um his daughter's name was dana also which i thought was weird because like her older sister's name was dana so i thought it was interesting that they used the same name um but like dana and the dad who aren't even i mean they're related to her but they weren't like original family members to her they, like, treat her better than her aunt. Her aunt's like, let's bounce and leave this girl. I'm over this. So that kind of bugged me. I'm like, well, wow, way to be loyal to this little girl who's in trouble. Yeah, and uh, her mom and dad, so Craig T. Nelson and, was it, Mary Joe Beth Williams? Yeah. Um, they're not in this one at all. Robbie's not in it. So it was just Carol Ann and a new family. Um, you can see she's struggling to with the stuff, and like Kay said, this doctor is just trying to make it seem like you know, oh, this daughter, you know, she's she's troubled. She's just doing this on purpose. She's just you know a little brat, and I'm gonna nip it in the bud. Yeah, um, you're just a jerk, and you're gonna get yours, bro. Mm-hmm. So and he did. Yep. <laughs> okay, so now some cool facts. Yes. So. 
the dog just intruded, so hopefully <laughs> she'll be good. <laughs> the Freelings neighborhood was based on Spielberg's own neighborhood. Um, so throughout the community in which the Freelings lived in is based on the Southern California, or based in Southern California, Spielberg admitted that he really based the neighborhood on a suburban Scottsdale, Arizona. Hmm. Sister-in-law lived there. Huh. Um, where they grew up. He says that Frilling family and poltergeist is not a typical or atypical of the people he knew growing up in Scottsdale. The budget was reported to be $9.5 million. Some sources say 10.7, but it earned back 76 million in North America and 47 million overseas. Holy bank book! Yeah, big profits there. That's why Stephen is Stephen. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it's similar to an episode of Twilight Zone. So Richard Math- Matheson wrote that Twilight Zone, his episode Lost Little Girl. Or little girl lost, <laughs> right? Dyslexia, um, which was about um, a little girl who goes up into another dimension through her bedroom wall. Matheson said that Poltergeist was inspired by the episode, but never received any credit for it. Uh, Drew Barrymore auditioned to play Carol Ann. Spielberg thought she would be better suited for E.T which happened to come out one week after Poltergeist, which uh, I didn't know that, which is kind of cute. However, um, if you go on our Instagram, I po- posted a picture of the three. It's Heather O'Rourke, Drew Barrymore, and Steven Spielberg. And I was just telling Kay, like, I thought that was just, like, the cutest picture in the world. Like, both of those as child actors, well, Heather never grew up, but... Right. Um, Drew Barrymore and her cute little... Her little pigtails. It's just a really cute picture. It was cute. Especially because we both listened to Drew Barrymore's, um, her book that she put out. And she talked about how Steven Spielberg was, like, a father to her growing up. So, kind of cute just to see him with, like, the two little girls. Um, his two, like, movie stars that he created, pretty much. (laughs) With his, like, great, great films that he put out. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that she auditioned for that role. Um, for Carol Ann first. Yeah, the chair stacking scene was done in one take, actually. So when um, Diane turned away from the table in the movie, crew members quickly replaced the kitchen chairs with an already assembled cluster of chairs, like, as she turned. So it was just done in one take, um, which was kind of cool. The tree scene was actually shot backwards. So the tree that, like, swallows Robbie, it was actually four trees that were, like, assembled uh, to look like one. They were built by the prop department, and they each had, like, different moving or robotic parts. And um, Robbie was actually spit out of it, not swallowed up by the tree. Um, So they just reversed the shot, and by doing that, it just made the final result, like, look like it was swallowing him. The imploding house was a six-foot-wide model. It took four months to create. Um, Thick wires were attached inside of the model and pulled into a funnel with the model placed over the funnel and the camera shooting downward. So if something went wrong, the model would have melted or, 
like burst into flame. So it was kind of like a, uh, we got to do this right uh, the first time or something no could seriously go wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> this thought, we thought this was kind of funny. Like Spielberg lobbied for Poltergeist to be a PG rating because the MPAA initially gave Poltergeist an R rating and Spielberg told the uh, board that he made PG movies, not R movies. Um, and it worked because he successfully got it changed. Um, so PG-13 wasn't a thing until 1984. That's why he couldn't get it as like a PG-13 to like meet in the middle. Um, I think it's still considered PG today unless they changed it, but I'm not sure. I didn't look. That's. A fine line. I know. I would say if they could change it, probably should be PG thirteen now. But we are in R these days. I don't know. It's kind of scary as a kid. Like, yeah. Because you know you look. Oh, this is PG, and you put it in, and then your kid has nightmares for weeks. Right. I definitely don't think it should be PG. PG thirteen probably. I think the, of like you least. know Pocahontas and Toy Story. As PG. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's got to be a lot of children who were uh, kind of traumatized watching that. Yeah. There was also an Indian burial ground um, unearthed in 1969 during the construction of a supermarket in Agora Hills, the Los Angeles suburb, uh, where Poltergeist was actually filmed. So kind of, this leads kind of into the next fact that Lowe's going to talk about, um, kind of just weird spiritual stuff going on. Yeah, some believe that the movie might be cursed because the skeletons were allegedly real. So two stars claim to have um, crazy experiences during the poltergeist shoot. Joe Beth claims that uh, she came home from the set to find pictures on her wall crooked and that she realigned them, but to find them crooked again five minutes later. Zelda Rubenstein, which was the medium to Gina, um, she claimed to have had visions of her dog telling her goodbye and that the actress's mother told her hours later that her dog had died that day. Whoa. That's sad, but weird also. At least the dog said bye. I know, I know. You better tell me bye, <laughs> but not for like a million years. Right. Um, at least a million years. I was years. looking at my dog. You guys couldn't see that. <laughs> see, Robbins has dismissed the notion that there were actually supernatural occurrences on the set. Nonetheless, he was nearly strangled by the clown doll, when the puppet malfunctions, so the terror you see on Robbie's face is real. Holy shit balls. Right? <laughs> However, the real scary part is that Heather O'Rourke, um, Carol Ann, she died at the age of 12. Oh my God, that hurts my heart. You know. Of a cardiac arrest and septic shock stemming from a misdiagnosed of intense... In the intestinal stenosis. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Before Poltergeist 3 was released. The rumor was that she had died while making Poltergeist 3 and that the stunt double had to complete her scenes. Her family claimed she long since finished shooting when she died, but director Gary Sherman said that the 1988 film had to be rewritten to accommodate her absence. We've watched this, and the only thing I noticed was the very, very end. They didn't show her face. Yeah, it was just the back of her head. So I'm guessing maybe it was just like the last five minutes. Unless like, they, if they did rewrite it, and then in all those scenes where you just see her walking in the mirror, maybe oh, that maybe. was a stunt double, like doing all the walking parts. Yeah, that could be true. Uh, so Dominique Dana, the sister, she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend five months after the film's release. 
Julian Beck, who played Kane in the sequel, died of cancer while shooting the film, although he was aware of his condition when he signed up. Will Sampson, who played Taylor in the sequel, died of kidney failure a year after that film's release. So, Dominique died five months after the first one. So, that would be why she was in the sequels, but they didn't even mention why. Okay, they, yeah, that would They didn't even try to write her off. They yeah. Just, That's why I wasn't sure, like, did they say, did she go to college? Or, like, did they, they, they didn't even say anything, which I thought was kind of weird that they just didn't even, like, mention her. So, all these deaths have led to a rumor that the production was haunted on the account of the prop master reportedly using actual skeletons on the set. Williams has claimed that the muddy skeletons um, that were among her during the poltergeist and the swimming pool scenes, that Spielberg had used them to get um, like a real scare method out of her, and that the actress, um, yeah, I don't think she liked it, <laughs> yeah. but because they were supposedly cheaper than artificial ones, in fact, that the creepy detail supposedly led Samson to perform an after-hour exorcism on the set to stop any bad karma from happening. Guess what? Fail. Didn't work. Let me just say, if you told me I had to jump in this pool with real skeletons... Yeah, I don't think they told her. <laughs> that's why I read Summer, like, she didn't know at the time, like, when those were popping up, and everyone says that was, like, real fear on her face during recording. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that part's true, but I swear... I heard it or read before, like, um, when she jumped in, she didn't know those were going to pop out, so that was, like, a legit reaction. Right, yeah. Um, but then to find out that they were real skeletons. Oh, that's just the icing I, on top of that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be happy. No, me neither. I'd be like, you probably be paying me way extra for that, for that scene right there. But uh, they're good movies. Well, the third one's kind of, like, I probably won't watch it again. Same. Um, the second one wasn't terrible. Mm -mm. Um, the first one, classic, love it. Um, I will probably watch it every Halloween or so often, you know. Um, it's a good classic. It reminds me of childhood. It reminds me of the beginning stages of watching scary movies as a kid. Um, my daughter, uh, clearly, she likes it, so it's one we can watch together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Third one, not ever going to watch it again. Um, I think also because, like, most of the cast was not in it. It just didn't feel the same at all mm -hmm. in, in, like, multiple ways. It's like one of those ones where they're, st they're stretching it. Let's see how much more we can get out of it. Yeah, how much more money can we make from this? You know what, Steven? It's time to move on. It's time to move on to... Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he did. <laughs> and he was able to. Yeah, well, I think the saddest part the whole, out of this whole thing is just how many people died, like, with the making of these movies. Scary and sad part yeah, of this. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. It, it does hurt my heart that little Carolyn, like, even going back and watching them, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Because she was so cute and she was so good. Yeah, just to die at such a young age. But, well, I know this was a longer episode today. Um, if you're still with us, you've sat with us for over an hour. Um, so thank you for sticking through. Yes. And uh, hopefully you like these movies like we do. And uh, don't forget... Don't forget... <laughs> Wine. <laughs> don't forget to check us out on all the socials. Yes. Horror and Crime, email us any stories that you guys want us to do. Horror and Crime at gmail.com. 
trust me, if you email us a story, we're going to do it. So. Absolutely. So I guess uh, until next week. Stay creepy. We've got to go. Bye. Bye. Thank you.